When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, Stars fans, it's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Hey, guys, welcome back to Starcastic Remarks, and alongside my brothers, Chris and James, my name is Ryan Chambers. We are the official Dallas Stars podcast of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go and use that promo code THBN the next time you go and use DraftKings Sportsbook. They're our sponsor for this episode of our podcast and all of THPN. Hey, gentlemen, how are y'all doing tonight after this 6-3 to three win over the Detroit Red Wings? Oh, boy, I'm doing much better than I was last game. That's for dang sure. So, for, uh, well, actually, James, I'll let you get your first thoughts in. Any co- yeah. quick comments? I, I mean, I, it just felt like we got a little bit less unlucky this game, honestly. It, the bounces finally just stopped. I mean, it felt like the last four games, like all the bounces were just going straight to the other team and straight into the back of the net. And that didn't really happen last night or tonight. I mean, so it felt a little nice to finally not be have the unlucky goals. Granted, we still didn't play great in the last four games, but it's <laughs> nice to finally not just have it randomly bounce to the other team. I agree with Ardell. Nice hat over there, James. It lights up. Wait, wait for it. It lights up. Oh, oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that it lit up. That just made it so much better. All right, that made my day. I had the exact same thing. I saw James Howe. I was like, man, that's a cool hat. He's like, it lights up. And then he flicked the switch, and I lost my mind. (laughs) It was insane. Okay, that's it, guys. Have a good day. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) One more to get to. (laughs) Go to the hangar. hangar (laughs) Hangar.com. Hat's amazing. All right. All right, guys. Well, first off, we want to apologize for Saturday, but... Honestly, it's probably a good thing we didn't do an episode after Saturday's uh, game. Uh, we were all busy with uh, work and other things, and Chris and James actually uh, went to the game. Yeah. So hey. that was a sucky game to go to. Yeah, just so y'all know, when you do wedding stuff, it makes you busy. I didn't realize that would happen as bad as it did, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to being married, Chris. You're almost there. You got, Great. what, six days? Six, six days, days to go? All right. Well, let's go. Gross. Um. Anyways, guys. Uh, Dallas Stars do win by a final score of six to three tonight over the Detroit Red Wings. Patrick Kane makes his debut as a Red Wing against the Dallas Stars, and uh, there's some things going on for the Dallas Stars uh, in this game that were very good. Uh, what's your initial thoughts about this game tonight, you guys? 
Uh, I, I like the offense bounce back, obviously. I mean, doing a one-goal game and completely flipping the script and getting six this game, that's exactly what you want to see from a bounce back. Especially love seeing our best players playing at their best again. That's what was super frustrating uh, in, in the Vegas game is that our best guys weren't showing up. And now there's definitely something to be said with Rope Hintz out of the lineup. He is a big deal, and we've seen – this team do bad when he's not in in the in the lineup, which makes sense. Your number one center, that's probably your most important skater, at least. So that that kind of makes sense, but I'm just glad they all got it going. Even if it did take having Rope Hens back, we do kind of need Rope Hens to win. So I'll take it. Yeah, it's it it really showed how much better Rope Hens is than Wyatt Johnston. That's really what uh, Saturday's game felt like to me after I was gone from the game and I got home and I thought about it, it was like, you know, maybe matching up Wyatt Johnston against Jack Eichel is probably not the yeah. greatest matchup. And that's no offense to Wyatt Johnston either. He's a fantastic player, especially for a sophomore season. We've talked about it. He's had a fantastic year. But He's just not there, there yet. There is a big difference between a second-line center slash third-line center and a first-line center, especially when you're playing somebody like Jack Eichel. Like, like James said. That, so I fully believe Johnson really could be there. He could be our number one center one day, but it's not right now. And that's okay. We're fine. We don't need Johnson to be that right now. It's kind of it's kind of weird because we, in that game, you could finally see that he has room to grow, which is yes. not something that we really have seen in the past season. That's, that's the better thing to take away from that game, I think, because it's hard to see where he can grow on the on the Ben Dodonov line. He's like, well, this guy's great. He's the best guy on the line. But yeah, when you play him in that spot, you're definitely right, James. He, there's lots of lots of room to grow there. And I think the only reason he was put there is because the Sagan Duchesne Marchment line has looked so good. You don't want to break it up. So in the future, I don't think we'll even see that. I think Sagan will go up anyway, just to make sure we're not throwing uh, make sure we're not throwing Johnson to the Wolves there. So y'all kind of already brought it up. So let's just get the negative out of the way first. But so what was the frustrating thing for y'all about the Vegas game? Because something I hadn't. I was there. <laughs> we're there. Uh, but something I hadn't even considered and hadn't even thought about was the fact that, you know, maybe the team was really, really feeling it from like a. A, a sickness standpoint. I, I think that had to have been an, an effect no. in, the, in that it, game. It really, it really didn't feel like it. What, what that game felt like, especially the first period, this was especially true. The first period, we did not start great. They got the first goal. As soon as they got the first goal, we had instant pressure back on them for like, I think it was like three minutes we had in the offensive zone. We had them trapped, and they got one rush the other way and went in the back of our net. And then, and then we started the pressure again, and then it happened again. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, two two of the goals were off of one chance rushes that they had, and that was basically all they had the whole period. Yeah, so you can sometimes win games without your starting goaltender, and you can sometimes win games without your starting center, first-line center. You can't win games if you're missing your starting goalie and your starting center. I mean, and that's what we had on the Vegas game. That was might have been the worst game I've ever seen Otter play. It was definitely was the worst one I've seen him play in person. He let it and six I was keeping I was 20 shots. Yeah. I was keeping up with it while I was at work. And at one point he had allowed more goals than saves that he had made. He had allowed two goals and only had made one save. So 
the, I mean, the thing is, I, I can't imagine how frustrated y'all must have been watching that game, especially being there. So, um, and th this kind of goes with tonight's game as well. And since we're sticking with the negative first, we'll talk about the positive later. But even today, I felt like that the stars were not doing as good a job as they have in the past with uh, opponents' rush chances. It seems like they pick up the first guy, they pick up the second guy, but they're just not getting that third or fourth guy. And whether it's a... Uh, a defenseman not coming back and, and picking up that trailer or whether it's a forward coming back and not picking up that trailer. That's something that I noticed tonight, especially. And it was just that Detroit is not as good a team as Vegas is. I think that was one of the reasons why we got away with a couple of those rush chances tonight. But is there anything similar to that in the Vegas game that y'all saw? No, I mean, not the really. Vegas game. It, it really was like Otter played awful yeah. in that game so it, 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 it was just bad all. quality shots like when that the, should have never gone in when the game got I'm out hearing? of hand there was definitely some some bad rush chance to give up the other way people wide open mm -hmm. in the middle of the ice mm -hmm. uh some slam dunks but that was pretty much when the game was already was already over i mean mm -hmm. by the time it was four to one i mean just you can kind of throw the there rest of it out the window we in had, my opinion we we, but, we had stopped playing once it was four to one I'm kind of chalking up uh, this defensive failure recently to, to the schedule, especially recently. I mean, this is our fifth game in, what, seven days, eight days? Eighth game in 13 days as well. Our, our so. schedule All, has been and, and not just the amount of games, the quality of games. Listen to the last five games we played. Tampa Bay, Florida, Washington, Vegas, and now a red-hot Detroit team. That's a hard schedule. That's a lot of good hockey teams. So, yes, this is absolutely sucked. The Stars are not playing good to boot, and probably a lot of them are sick as well. So tie all that together, you get yeah, some dude. pretty bad I hockey. Mean, but if this you, is the you, worst we play all season, it's going to be a good season. But that's yeah. kind of the key. This has to be you, it. This has to be the bottom. You can go back 10 games, and we the only easy games that have not been against teams who are – in a playoff spot, not a wild card spot, a playoff spot have been the Flames, and we played the Flames twice. Every other team, we played the Avalanche, the Rangers, the Golden Knights twice. We played the Lightning twice. We played the Jets. We played the Panthers and the Capitals, and now the Red Wings. Like the stretch has been ridiculous, and this has all been within like another like seven or eight games and fourteen nights. Like it's insane, <laughs> and it's been that schedule, and it's been when the Stars and Otter are playing at their worst. So. Yes, it's not good. They need to be. They need to play better. Hundred percent agree. But we're gonna give some excuses because they kind of deserve some. Both of y'all spouting off some facts here tonight. Good job by both of y'all. Lots of good points made. The 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 game against Vegas. I mean, do you really just chalk it up to that? That it, it's literally just fatigue and Otter not having his best game, and that's it. Uh, that that and it, Rope not being there. Rope not being there, and Otter not being there. Really. We're not gonna win. <laughs> yeah, and also he was there physically, at, not mentally. <laughs> and, and you look at Panthers Capitals. That was our back-to-back -back game, and we got one game off and came right back in it. Not even a full forty-eight hours. And the both Panthers and the Capitals game, we were fighting till the very last second of the game. I mean, both of those were tough games. That Capitals win was a very gutsy win, considering how it felt like all the puck luck was not going our way at all. So, uh. 
maybe we used a little bit too much out of the gas tank and that kind of screwed us over for Saturday against a really good Vegas team. But, uh, you know, kind of to segue into tonight, tonight was great. Uh, generally overall, and I, I agreed with some of the very first comments that I saw. And I'll, I'll go back to him real quick. I think it was Mato uh, saying, finally, a full 60-minute effort. That was a, that was one of my first thoughts uh, coming out of this game tonight and the fact that when and that that Lindell goal was huge. Uh, it probably shouldn't have gone in, but it was huge. And I think that changed the momentum of the entire game in the fact that when the star, the stars had not had a lead for like 250 minutes, they had been tied for a while and they had been behind for quite a bit. So it was like over 250 minutes of game time. They get that lead going into the second period. And I think that just allowed the, the stars to play a lot looser in the second period, knowing that they really needed that insurance marker and they really wanted to get it because they we've had issues with that in the past couple of games. They went out and got it. That's exactly what you do. And the thing that I loved, they didn't relent on the pressure. We talked about that for months now. And the fact that the stars will have a really good first period or a really good second period. And then the following period, they don't back it up with any more offensive pressure, whether it be on the forecheck or off the rush or defensemen getting involved or anything like that. And they did all of that in bulk during the second period, which I was I was like screaming at the top of my lungs. Not really, but I was super excited in the fact that we were seeing all of that happen in the second period. Yeah, a few stats to back up what Ryan's saying. I'm agreeing with him. Dallas, eight shots on goal. Detroit, nine shots in the first period. 12 shots for Dallas, 10 shots for Detroit in the second, 15 shots for Dallas, 11 for Detroit in the third. Consistent shot numbers, at least keeping it close in the first and then topping them on both periods the next two times. So full 60-minute effort is definitely true. A lot of our other games, we've seen one period where we have like five shots or something crazy, and then we have 15 shots the next. It was a very consistently played, good game overall. Um, and yeah, a few mistakes, goaltending, a couple of mistakes, defense, and you clean those up and we're right back in business. It was just, it was so wonderful to see. It was so wonderful to see, especially after the the six to one drubbing that we uh, took against Vegas. But uh, one of the biggest things, and we got to talk about him, uh, Otter. Otter looked like I don't want to say he was like one hundred and ten percent Otter, like right on it the whole time. But he was. That's definitely the best game that he's had in the in the last couple of weeks, in my opinion. Yeah, he, he had a shutout against the Jets. So, but I mean, it's been that game and then this game. That's the only two games they've looked like at least Jake Ottinger. I mean, maybe not absolute world beater. He didn't get taxed a ton in that Jets game either. But I mean, he's stopping what he's supposed to stop, and he'll stop some things that he that you should almost never stop. So, and and that's that's literally all we need. Yeah, he, he definitely. I'm hoping that he's figuring this out and getting back to. Uh, the consistency that he had last season, which was keeping us in games, even when we didn't deserve to be. That's how we won so many games last year. Otter kept us in, and that's how we won specifically, not just so many games, specifically the games where we would come from behind. It's because Otter kept us just right there where we're in striking distance. In the past few weeks, he's fallen away from that. He hasn't kept us in striking distance, and he's actually cost us a couple. But if he can get consistency, we're gonna be, we're going to be good, no problem. He did. He did not cuss us tonight at all. Um, if no, anything, he's definitely a big part. The, he made some huge saves. Yeah, the the none bigger than the 
I think it was on the penalty kill in the second period, and it was on uh, Rasmussen, uh, the the defenseman from the from the Detroit Red Wings. Just two huge giant stops, and it wasn't like he was you know giant windmill glove save or anything like that. It was just really good positional play. He had his he had his pad on the ice where it should have been. He had his glove over his pad, and it was perfect. It was a perfect great save. And that's exactly what you needed uh, in order to to get through that. So, uh, hats off to him and keeping us in the game. And that, and especially that was when it was four to two. So the Stars had just given they had gone up four to one. They had just given up a quick goal right after that uh, fourth goal there by Duchesne. and that easily probably could have changed uh, the momentum for the Dallas Stars there tonight, and it would have been in the Detroit Red Wings' favor. And, I mean, considering how we've seen the Stars play in the last couple of weeks, who would have known what would have happened? So, uh, seriously, he, he's a huge reason why the Dallas Stars win tonight. Yep, um, let's talk about uh, some lineup changes for the Stars tonight. Um, the, uh, was Delandria in versus the Vegas Golden Knights? Oh, yes. Because I think he was because Hans was, oh, Hans was out. out. Okay, that's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure. So, uh, Della comes out. And obviously, Hintz comes back in. And then they take Nils out again. And Hanley is back in tonight. So that's one of the storylines coming out tonight. Chris is ready. And I'm, I'm kind of teeing the ball up for him. Hanley with uh, two penalties tonight. I was not super impressed with his play tonight, which normally I am. And I, I don't know if... I, I again, I, I can't speak for Nils' play on Saturday, but maybe y'all can. It, was he justified in being taken out of the lineup and throwing Hanley in there? I mean, not any more than any other defenseman, I think. <laughs> I mean, they were all bad. He definitely yeah. made, I can think of one extremely bad play he made, but pretty much everyone had one of those that game. It was a stinker. But I can tell you, Lukwish would have been better than four penalty minutes and 13 minutes time on ice but would he have got the shot through the first person or would he have shot him in the legs you're right who knows <laughs> he would have shot him in the legs <laughs> he would have shot no, him and in also the legs. also it's it's only important for me because it was to shane who got the goal and he could not score for some reason i mean he the goaltenders were just stoning him nothing only credit to hartley or hanley because of the douche angle everything else was terrible <laughs> <laughs> well Hanley gets his first point of the season there. And the the one thing that I have to at least lay back on Hanley a little bit is that he had not taken any penalties up to that point until tonight. And the penalties he took were obvious. I mean, it's not like they were, you know, ticky-tacky penalties or anything like that. They were very obvious, easy calls for the refs to make. Which, by the way, since we talk about the refs so poorly sometimes, I thought it was... Very well officiated tonight. It, it it wasn't okay. Chris is like giving us weird looks. Okay, this was about as good as you can get from officiating in the NHL. It was very fair officiating, and that's what I always call for. I said call it even. They called it even, but man, that was a basketball game. I'm telling you what, those were full touch fouls. And they called it on both teams. They called it too many men on ice, touch fouls on both teams. They called those touchy touchy trippings on both teams. Sure. Whatever. They called it both ways, but man, <laughs> typically that is not how I want a hockey game called, but they, well, they were fair. I will give them their due. It, it would, they made the easy calls to make like the, the tripping call on that, uh, 
Robo got the stars on the power play for. That was, uh, I mean, that was a <laughs> it, it was easy to call, <laughs> but it wasn't really tripping all that much. But whatever. But okay. A- anyways, let, let's get back to the defense a little bit because I want to talk about Suter. Man, was that a terrible goal to give up right off the bat. And again, I'm not trying to get onto him, but when you when Miro makes a really good play in the defensive zone, you got full control of the puck, and then he can't handle the forecheck of of the Detroit Red Wings. He's not able to get it around. And we had been controlling the play up to that point. Like it, it they had had some other chances, but not really. The stars had spent a majority of the time in the Detroit zone. And then it was one stupid mistake and one inability of Ryan Suter to get it out. And it led to a goal for the Detroit Red Wings. And thankfully, we're talking about a win tonight. And that wasn't a big turning point in the game. It was instead the Essa Lindell goal. But it very easily could have been an issue uh, if Otter had not played well, if Miro had not gotten three points tonight. It. Again, I'm not trying to like hamper on the guy, but it was a terrible play by Ryan Suter there on the first goal. Yeah, we don't like him. Yeah, his ability to get the puck out of his zone is terrible, and that's a common theme for Dallas defensemen. I mean, Lindell and Hagenpop do some decent work in their own end. Suter can make good defensive plays when he's not touching the puck. Like James always says, he can do some good work, but when any of those three guys have the puck on their tape, and someone's within 10 feet of them, you could just count on it being a turnover, pretty much. That's not the case I mean, for Lindell tonight. Lindell did, did much better tonight. But in general, for those three guys, I think more than 50% of the time, the other team wins the forecheck, which is pretty terrible. Yeah. It, it's it, feel, it feels really bad with Suter recently, too. I mean, normally he just passes it to Haskinen, and it's okay because Haskinen gets the puck. But the last couple of times he's passed it to no one and the other team has caught the puck and they scored on it multiple times on him in the last like three or four games. Him and Hawk and Paw's favorite play is get the puck, don't look anywhere, and just chip it up the sideboards and pray. That's all they do every single time. They never have their heads up. They're never looking around for an open pass. They just chip it up the sideboards. And if there's a point man there, then darn, we tried. And it's (laughs) it's just a really lazy way to play hockey, it feels like, especially in – the modern era where like zone exits can really lead to that can be the thing that sparks an offensive goal. Uh, yeah. On the that's rush. why that's why the Red Wings didn't win tonight. It was because they couldn't get it out of their own zone. Honestly, that, that and was, that's, that's that, how we won yeah. the game. And that's that why going to be my... like, that's why players like McCarr are such a big deal. Now those defensive guys who are good with the puck are becoming cornerstones of franchises because they're, Expert defense, of course, yes, but their own offensive mindset in their own zone leads to goals the other direction. And uh, that's very true, Chris. Uh, I think Miro does a, a very good job for the Stars in that. It's just we haven't seen a lot of that offensively this year like we saw as much as we did last year. Well, Sorry, I would argue Miro actual, is actually better at what I'm saying than Makar is. Like, the outlet passes that lead to goals – on the fork on the rush, I think Kale McCarr just takes better. it himself. McCarr just does <laughs> he it just takes it out yeah. and just makes ridiculous plays. That's and that's, that's why that's he gets the offensive different. numbers because he's the one taking it across the red line. But Miro right. makes the smart, easy passes from his own zone to spring the rushes. 
Now, I want to jump on the point that James was making tonight, and that was another big thing that was kind of stuck in my mind, is the the ability of the Stars to keep the Red Wings hemmed in their own zone, especially in the first and the second period. It, it, they, I don't want to say they took their foot off the gas a little bit, but they, they locked it down defensively in the third period, but not full bonus hockey, if that makes sense. But uh, especially in the second period, like I talked about, I love the fact that they were keeping the pressure in. And there were points of time when they were, it, I mean, it was all tilted towards the, Detroit's ice. And especially when you've got a goalie who's, I don't know if his uh, confidence is kind of faltering a little bit, if he's sick, he's not playing well, whatever. But if you can do that and tilt the ice towards that direction of of play, then that will give your team normally a better chance of winning. So yeah. that that's something that I love seeing is that they were hemming the Red Wings in their own zone for a good portion of time. And even when they didn't win, it down in the corners or down below the the uh the goal line they were able to keep they were able to keep it in up at the blue line and i think that was one of the big turning points for the stars tonight in that ability to do so yeah and on that point i kind of want to sing the praises of the fourth line they have been so consistent at doing that recently and it's now actually leading to offense they're developing it it's not just getting that pressure and on, oh, great, we got the pressure, but we didn't get a shot on goal. Now it's leading to shots on goal. It's leading to cycle stuff. It's leading to get, getting off the ice, getting your more skilled players on and them scoring. We saw that with that Sagan goal a, a few games back. And they are really starting to figure out how to turn that aggressive style of play that they all they all can play with and turn it into points and turn it into, like you said, momentum going that direction. So fourth line has been doing a fantastic job of, of that. And they have been the most consistent ones on the forecheck for the Stars. Good segue for this because lots of comments about uh, this man tonight, Sam Steele. Uh, he has he has really been uh, showing his uh, his guns for the last couple of weeks. And you know, at the beginning of the season, we considered Delandria as the lock for the lineup, and he's been the one that's been healthy scratched. And Sam Steele has made it hard for Pete DeBoer to take him out of the lineup. And I mean, they talked about it during the broadcast tonight and the fact that he's been a, a regular for the stars over the last couple of weeks. You uh, there's been lots of comments in the comment section today about how well he's been playing. And one of the things that I really noticed as well was his speed. It, it, his, his speed tonight was so much fun to watch, especially in the third period. And uh, I, I hope he continues that up because if he can continue that up, that fourth line will I don't necessarily saying that they have the same skill level as the top three lines, but if he is able to use that ability to really go into the offensive zone, bring some speed into it, that will give those guys like Fox and Smith a little bit more time to go and crash the net. And maybe that fourth line gets more of an opportunity in the offensive zone. I don't know, but I have, I agree with everybody in the comment section and, saying that Sam still has been playing very, very well as of late and deserves to stay in the lineup. Yeah, that's that added speed is definitely a big part of why I think he's been preferred over Delandria. And also, James pointed out at the beginning of the season, we, he liked having Delandria more because of his work on the penalty kill. Sam Steele has showed himself to be just as good on the penalty kill as Ty Delandria is. So that's the other thing that's really forced him into the lineup and made him the mainstay. Um so, yeah, fully agree with that. Sam Steele has been a fantastic signing. I'll eat my words from the preseason. Sam Steele and Craig Smith have both been 
really good for the stars this year and we've really given that fourth line a good strong identity i just want to say that i was one of the ones who was really excited about uh craig smith coming onto this team and i was really high on him but i i was not expecting this from sam Steele. i wasn't i'll be, I'll be honest and and his ability to force his way to stay into the lineup but i'm very excited to see what that fourth line can continue doing and it's nothing against Delandria. It's not like he's been playing bad. It's it, it's just that we've got 13 quality, quality NHL forwards, and he's just he's just not one of the top 14. Or excuse me, he's not one of the top 12 guys. That's all it is for me. Well, Delandria is going to stay in the lineup, and he's going to be rotated consistently because if you're playing a playoff series, he's going to be in probably every single series. I would bet. I agree, hundred percent. Um, we, we've gone this far without talking about this guy, but Miro Haskinen tonight, uh, he has not been Miro the hero as of late. He's just been doing okay and eating up minutes like he has been. And, uh, he just hasn't been on his game as much over the past couple of weeks. And tonight he completely turns that around. And not only does he do it defensively, like it was highlighted during after the uh, first period, but he does it offensively. He gets gifted with the empty net goal. He ends with three points tonight. He now has three goals on the season. Like he literally only had one goal this uh, so far this season. And maybe this is a turning point for Miro Haskinen going forward and him allowing uh, to kind of take over this team and take over and do better than what he's been doing previously. Yeah, I feel like this is the first time we've seen Miro Haskin in, in like five or six games. I mean, it, it's it's felt like he's been on hiatus for a while now and is a big comeback game, and I, I he really needed it. Hey guys, it's Ryan here. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. For some of the money line odds for the games tomorrow on the 15th, the Flyers and the Hurricanes. The Flyers have a plus 210. The Hurricanes have a minus 258. You can also take a look at the Kraken and the Oilers, two of the bottom feeders of the Pacific. The Kraken had a plus 154. The Edmonton Oilers at a minus 185. And then you've got also the high-flying Canucks against the Islanders. The Canucks are at a minus 155, and the Islanders are at a plus 130. Download the app now and use the code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. 
cdkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. All rights reserved. Yep. He does it'll, it. it'll be fun to see if he can bring that offensive prowess too, which is kind of what we really want to push for. It's hard for him to do when he has to play with somebody like Ryan Suter, which is probably the bigger problem that's holding back his offense. But hopefully he can find a way to still do that anyway, because I think it's really important for this team. And if Haskinen can be scoring consistently, this team is going to be much more scary because right now the really the only scoring threat is from the forwards. Stars are like one of the last teams in the league in defensive scoring. But if we can just have one guy, Miro Haskinen, to be that scary person, it's going to draw a lot more attention to the two guys up top. We'll talk about the guy who I think is the offensive threat on the blue line here in a second because I thought he's had a good game too. But uh, Miro, just for some stats for you, he does end with almost 26 minutes of ice time tonight. So a little more than his average. I think his average is about 24 and three quarters or 25. So a little more than he's been. So, but I mean, and fully deserved, especially tonight. We really needed him tonight. And he stepped up, uh, especially on with time on ice. But the, the guy I was uh, referencing was Thomas Harley. And this is really interesting because I think we're, I know we talked about him and the fact that now he's in the top six for the Dallas Stars. And that's the fact that he took a step, especially at the end of last season, the last six games, we went six and oh, he was a, a instrumental part for the Stars in the playoffs and how he played. He ends with the second most time on ice tonight. Not even above Ryan Suter, which is not a normal, even above Hawkinpa and even above Essa Lindell tonight. Now, it's not much above Ryan Suter, but it's still notable because it's 20 minutes and 34 seconds of ice time, which is again above his average. So, we might be seeing a new number two defenseman kind of come out of his shell even more, get more responsibility and really start to see him blossom as this number two guy that we desperately, desperately need uh, to kind of push some of these other guys that don't need to be in the top four down a little bit, make their make their minutes a little more effective, and maybe Harley can take those extra minutes and continue to be as effective as he's been. So yeah, and that's really exciting for me moving forward. Yeah. This, this isn't the first time Harley's had the second most time on ice among uh defenseman too and there was one game where everyone was doing so bad that he led the team in time on ice i mean he he really it, if ryan Suter did not play with haskinen and have so much chemistry with him chemistry with him already then thomas harley would be our second defenseman and would be playing with miro haskinen every single night all the time Yep, and I think the only reason he's not playing with him every night is because we need another guy who can get the puck out of the zone when Miro's not on the ice. And I think that's the number one reason why he's hardly ever played with Miro, except when we're down by a bajillion. Yeah, I mean, I think he's gotten like five minutes with Miro for uh, two or three games in a row now. So basically, anytime Miro's uh, taking a shift that Suter is not with him on, uh harley's on the ice so and they they always look ridiculous when they're on the ice together too they're always in the offensive zone and they're always both getting chances one of the things i it popped into my head while we were talking about this is maybe thomas harley can be the devon taves to to kale mccarr 
Like Devontae's in his own being is known as a very good defenseman. And he's even gotten Norris votes because of the fact that he plays so well with Kale McCarr. Now, our problem with the Stars is if you take Harley off of that middle pairing or even on the bottom pairing, then your bottom four looks very, very rough. And I think that's why we're not seeing him jump up into that top two role that mm-hmm. it looks like he's starting to progress towards. Yeah, and that part of that, though, is that if he really can play top pairing minutes with Haskinen, then you don't have to go out and get a top pairing defenseman. It makes it much more likely a, a second you, need, pairing you need a you even like a bottom pairing that just can move the puck really well. You don't need someone who's going to make the team ridiculously better. You need someone who can get the puck out of their own zone and that's it. And they take Harley's yep. spot. Harley goes on the first pairing. That's well, a much see, easier spot to fill. Not, not an easy one, but easier, yeah. <laughs> easier than it, getting a top pairing defenseman. Yes. And see, that's the, that's the thing that I don't think we're going to find at the trade deadline. Like, I, we of all the defensemen we've talked about, uh, th- there have been some articles. Ryan, uh, thank you, by the way. I saw that article that you uh, you tagged Starcastic R in, and I did read it. But uh, even out of those defensemen that some people are kind of speculating about who could be traded for by the Stars and, and come into our defensive grouping and kind of improve it, None of these guys are top pairing guys. I, I mean, to be totally honest, you, you're really not going to find that. And if you do, it's going to be a ridiculous price. And the ask is going to be something that I don't think anybody would really be willing to kind of pay for. I, Bork, I, Stankoven. I, exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about, Chris. Bork, Stankoven, uh, Bixel. I mean, any of those guys, it's, that's something that I would not be willing to kind of trade for now that so so here's the thing about harley moving forward is if it looks like he can take that opportunity and it looks like he is right now then that makes it a million times easier for jim nil to go out and just get a chris tanev who could be a very good top four guy middle pair just chris tanev just chris tanev (laughs) just the the defenseman everyone wants right now (laughs) <laughs> right, that's that's the thing. Everyone wants him right now, but he but he is not a top pairing guy, and that's what a lot of people kind of say. Oh well, he just, he's just a band aid. You can throw him in there, and it'll fix the defense. No, it won't. He's a, he's a great second pair guy. I mean, he, he might not be a lock in the top two, but he's for sure a lock in the in the three four. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. And if we could see him with uh, with Essa and Harley up there with Miro, that would. That would, that would be, be amazing. Huge. Put Suter that on the bottom pair. Please. Oh. <laughs> that sounds amazing, Ryan. Yep. Paint me a picture. Yeah, I did. That's that was the whole point of that. I saw the I saw the ice time and my mind went dreaming. There's dating. the vision. Now all we need is Tanev. Perfect. <laughs> I'm sure he will come well, at a very reasonable price. Here, here's the one thing about about Jim Nil is he is very good about keeping his cards close to his chest. And I think like the Max Domi thing, I didn't think it was happening. And he was a big guy that was talked about. And all we did is we traded a second round pick for him. He was worth it for, for how long he was here for and for that playoff run. But he, he, I think he could pull something off that nobody is seeing. And there's a guy out there that could fit very well with us. Lindell and just kind of, do okay there 
So I, I don't know. We'll see. I just had a really, really crazy thought in my brain. I'm not. Do it. Okay. Say it. Uh, Y'all are not going to like it, but, (laughs) and nobody else will either. But so who do we need right now? We need a guy who can move the puck, right? And we need a a puck moving defenseman. Who's a puck moving defenseman that might be able to come back around the trade deadline that is currently hurt? I don't know who. Oh, John Klingberg. <laughs> Dave read my mind. <laughs> no, that it's Klingberg time. But on bottom, bottom pairing, it might be fine. <laughs> bring him back. Bust out the dusty jerseys, boys. Oh man, I hate you, it, Ryan. But it again, really bad thought. Again, I didn't say it's the. It Have was you the seen thing, but... the number since he left Dallas? It's even yes, worse it's than awful. he was in Dallas. Yes, I agree. And 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 here here comes the comments. Monto is the first one. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so please don't, Jim. No, d- just d- don't, please. <laughs> but I'm into it, chaos. I think it would be great. But Let's so Lindell's it. former just partner, like they play I want well together. Klingberg. That's what I want. <laughs> oh man, that oh <laughs> gosh, that would be crazy. Oh man, oh man, absolutely crazy. But. Okay, well, anyway, it's fun to speculate about those things. Um, anything that we... Well, I guess I should mention Lindell. Lindell had a very good game tonight as well. He gets a goal and assist in the evening. And... Uh, he was great. The, the the pass that he made. Whoo! Yeah. That primary assist. Dang! Ooh, it, it really, man, and that shot, Robo. Oh, my goodness. Razor said it best on the broadcast. He said it felt like it was the D-man's night to get healthy. And and that that was definitely true for everyone except for Hanley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a defenseman assist or goal on every single goal tonight. Literally every single that. goal, there was a defenseman involved. Need more. Yep. Keep it going, especially to to bring up those uh, defensemen offensive numbers. I had to think about that for a second before I said it. Um, Duchesne with his tip. That was uh, I was happy to see that because like like y'all said earlier, he, he just been kind of snake bit a little bit. He he's been good still offensively. It's just yeah, been I mean, on the opposite side of the score sheet with the assists. Yeah, and it, it was even in that eight one game that we had against Tampa. I mean, he was trying so hard, and then the goaltender got was any like, points. No, <laughs> it, it was it was ridiculous. Fins with two assists. Uh, Steel, I didn't even realize this. Uh, Sam Steel, we talked about already. He had two assists tonight. I should have mentioned that while we were talking about him. Uh, Jamie Ben. Oh, we. I, that's so stupid. I cannot believe we did not mention that. Jamie Ben. He gets his 500th career assist tonight, and uh, he also passes. I believe it was Neil Broughton for second all time in the in franchise history when it comes to points. And I think he tied him. Tied him. I thought he got ahead of him. I'm pretty sure he's tied him. Maybe he's tied. Okay, well, he But he he's going to pass him. Ahead. He's going <laughs> to pass him. I, I thought he passed him, but regardless, um, no offense to him, I don't think he's going to catch the guy that's at number one. <laughs> but probably he's probably not going to get there, but he's uh, only he can pull 500 an OV. points away. He can Maybe. pull an Ovi. But he doesn't want to pull an Ovi right now. Ovi only has five goals and 23 that's games, true. so... I guess Ovi probably oh, that's so line. bad. <laughs> Yeah, well, for Ovi it is. That's really bad for Ovi. Um, but anyways, congratulations to Jamie Ben. Uh, he's beloved by this franchise. He's beloved by the fans here. And uh, 
I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that one day his number is going to go to the rafters once he retires, however long that may be. And hopefully he goes down as one of the greatest Dallas stars of all time with a cup ring on his hand as he's watching his number go up. So that that's just a, sure. That's that would that's be what he needs. Yes. That's what he that deserves. would be a of mine. So, okay. Uh, anything else? else about the game guys we're gonna go a little long tonight since we missed sunday night but anything uh, else y'all can think of i'm just really glad that we didn't lose to a team with three lines that's yeah. true we, we so th- that's a decent segue james so let's 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 talk about that for a second so i don't know what the deal is around the nhl right now but there's just so much was that was almost that was perfectly synchronized between the two of you sorry there's so much hate there's so much hate brian there's so much hate going on in the NHL right now. Uh, first, you've got the incident that happened with uh, the Red Wings, which is why they had to call up an entire line from the from Grand Rapids. Uh, the Red Wings did. Uh, they lost Larkin to a really scary incident. Uh, David Perron does something stupid. He gets suspended for six games, I believe, right? Six? Yeah. It was Maybe six. five? Great suspension. Yeah, that's a crazy suspension considering kinda, some of the stuff we've seen. It. I mean, oh, I didn't I'm say not, it wasn't I'm not, deserved, but, <laughs> yeah, but, but long. Yeah, th- that's the one thing that I, I didn't like about it, though, is that there have been so many other in- incidents this year that I'm like, oh, well, that's sure. Like, like the who was the guy that like swung his stick at a guy's head? Who was that? Oh, yeah. I think it was Boston. I think Boston was involved missed. in that. <laughs> no, he got him in the head. Oh wait, that's not the one that missed. About? Oh, I must have no. seen the, the one that missed. There was no, one that missed. I no, know there he was. He connected with it was, and it wasn't like he connected with like the shoulder pads or something. It was with the guy's head. Yeah, and and I think he got that's like he got a fine. Guys, you he know, got a fine. You know how the NHL works. If the guy's not like severely injured, it was probably fine. <laughs> well, but. And it, it wasn't just that, but uh, oh, it was a uh, who else was it? It was a uh, Gabranson from the Columbus Blue Jackets. He didn't like the fact that Nick Cousins uh, kind of hit him from behind. There was no call on the play there. So Gabranson was like, that's okay, refs. I'll take it into my own hands. And didn't even try to like hide it. He didn't it. try to hide it. No, he, he didn't try to he hide just, it at he all. He just beat up a dude on the ice. Yeah. <laughs> in he, the middle he of the play. We talked about this right before we went live. He he Donkey Kong to the guy. Like Nintendo 64 Donkey Kong the guy and like picked him up, threw him on the ground, and just started punching him with his gloves on and didn't even try to hide the fact that he was hacked off. So it, it, I think we're putting we're just that on a t shirt. That... He Donkey Kong the guy. <laughs> Donkey like Nintendo 64 Donkey Kong the guy. He Nintendo it, 64 Donkey Kong you it, bro. It, it was it was so bad, and I didn't even see what had happened until like all of these uh, some of my friends from Florida were talking about it, and they're like, "Dude, did you see this?" And I was just like, "I have no idea what's going on." It was uh, it was either last night or Saturday, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, some I, I had not seen on. anything like that for a while. So, it, it it what's the deal, guys? Right now, is it just? We're we're finally like into that part of the season where it's starting to get real. Our guys tired. I mean, I what's the deal with all the nastiness going around right I now? I think a large part of it is uh, just how the standings have buffed out this year. I mean, everyone is constantly moving this year. There's not really one team that's pulling away from anyone. There's like 
what two or three teams with 700 points percentage and everyone else is below that that's the closest the league has been together it feels like in years now i mean there and there is a lot of frustration building with these teams that feel like they shouldn't be better than they are and i mean that that proves true with i mean the blue jackets the red wings have had a very poor stretch after an absolutely amazing start it's it's really like it, it's kind of strange yeah the, the for the central division as an example one through six are within let's see seven eight points one through seven one through six that's sorry crazy. that's and that's just the central division I mean, it is so tight right now, and it's making for some fantastic hockey games. And unfortunately, as we see in the playoffs, fantastic hockey games can sometimes lead to violence because this is a violent game with large men wearing knife shoes that are skating and hitting each other. So <laughs> Knife shoes. That, that, that's, that's another quote wearing. for tonight. They're wearing knife shoes. I don't. I, Chris described it best. Yeah, so good hockey games lead to more violence. Sometimes unnecessary violence. It should be punished, but still enjoyed by us. Now, the the one thing, and <laughs> I don't know about right, that. So, Chris, Chris but... you, you know that eight-point span that you talked about in the central between first and sixth? Yes, sir. Uh, that there's uh, between sixth and 20th, I think, in the league is in that same gap. Same gap. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That's ridiculous. That so, sense. it is extremely tight this year. Well... There is a there's a 10 point gap between first and sixth in the Metropolitan. There's a eight point gap between first and fifth in the Atlantic. And then y'all already talked about uh, the central. The, the, I mean, the Pacific is really the only division that there is a very large discrepancy right now. And that's only because, and we'll talk about them here in a second, is because of the fact that the Oilers have not been very good to start the season, they've been playing very well lately, but to start the season, they just sucked it up and were one of the worst teams. But even between first, it even between first and third in the Pacific, there's only seven points, which is again not that much. So it, I think this is a good, I think this is good for the league. I really think this is good for the league to see. And this is what they want that they want more parity among the league and the fact that. Any team can win any night, yeah. even yeah. the bad teams. And 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 really, I think we are getting a result of everyone tanking last year for Bedard. I really feel it really feels like that <laughs> even more, even more now seeing how good all these teams really are. I mean, no everyone suddenly, yeah, everyone's suddenly within 10, 12 points of each other in it's one year and everyone does it. No way. There's no shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking I like to. Before we close this, I'm sorry, I won't let you segue. I like Joe Mama's suggestion as to why there's more violence recently. Uh, he said Christmas cheer is the reason. That there's more <laughs> I think that's nice. a great. Idea. I very much like that as well. That's very that's very funny, Joe Mama. Okay, well, uh, and, and speaking of of teams like anybody can win, San Jose is eight seven and one in their last sixteen games, considering they had two games earlier this season. That they lost ten to two and ten to one in consecutive games. Come back here, yep. go figure. Like seriously, like and and also the fact that you know the Anaheim Ducks, who are at one point 
nine and seven. They're ten and seventeen now, and they're and the San Jose Sharks are now only one point behind them. Yeah, that's kind of sad for me. My boys stopped flying. They won that one of their last insane. ten games. They got too that cold and they went ridiculous. south. Okay, uh, we get- none of those duck puns are gonna hit. What the heck? Yeah, no, that's so no. stupid, Chris. <laughs> I was try. I, I was gonna mention it, and then I was just like, "No, that's stupid." I'm, I'm just gonna ignore it. But okay, there is uh, a couple teams we can talk about, but we're gonna talk about one in uh, just the interest of time. The Oilers, the Edmonton Oilers, are out of nowhere. All of a sudden, they are the streakiest team in the NHL, and I guess they've shown that even in years past. They are on a seven-game winning streak right now. A seven-game winning streak. They have now brought themselves back to NHL 500, as James pointed out to me. They're 12-12-1, which makes them fourth in their division, and they are now a plus-four in their goal uh, goal differential. And three spots from a playoff spot. Three points from a playoff spot. This goes to show you how crazy the NHL is this year, and I'm here for it. They were 5-12-1. Like three weeks ago, <laughs> and, and, and remember, they had they fired their coach, which we all said it wasn't his fault. Oh, you but then said they, that. huh? You said that. Oh, okay, it, it was kind of his that. fault. <laughs> okay, I I disagree, but they won three in a row, then they lost three in a row, and now they've won seven in a row. That's so weird. I don't know. They're- I mean, I mean, Connor McDavid I finally got over what he, whatever he was dealing with and decided, uh, hey, guys, can everyone shut up about me not being the best player in the league? Yeah, and then he did the stuff. <laughs> and then he had like 17 points in like five games. He was like 110th, I think 112th in league scoring before this uh, seven-game winning streak. Guess where he's at now? Fifth? He's tied for sixth with 36 points. Sounds That's about a lot right. of points. He had less points than Robertson, than Hintz, and Pavelski. And now he's... <laughs> the guy's a freaking nature, man. <laughs> he's an absolute freak. So It's crazy when your best player gets healthy. Yes, seriously. It shouldn't be that crazy, but uh, apparently it is. It, no, it absolutely is. And uh, it's not just McDavid playing better, but it's also Leon Dreisaitl. It's Evander Kane, which, speaking of nastiness, there was that Evander Kane hit that he had on... Uh, oh, shoot, I forgot who it was. Man, but it was a nasty hit. What a stand-up guy. We love Evander Kane. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. He's but, a really good spokesman for the sport, I think. <laughs> no, sarcasm, no sarcasm there, Chris, right? Nope. None at all. All right, but uh, I thought it was just noteworthy to kind of talk about, and James pointed it out, and I was just like, "That's stupid." Should we be scared? Should we be scared of the no. Edmonton Oilers going forward? Yes. No, never. They suck. Sick, stick Miro Haskin in on to Connor McDavid, and they turn into the five, twelve, and one team. That's true. Okay, so James is not very high on the Oilers. They're still going to get into the playoffs. but They're going to get into the playoffs. They're going to beat yeah. a bunch of other teams. They shouldn't beat the really good teams. Will they beat the Stars? If, no. the, if they goes that far? No. Uh, they don't have... They do terrible it, against it, us. They, they would true have as well. 
both McDavid and Drysaddle will have to have another playoffs like they did two years ago, where they sent them all the way to the conference finals and still but, lost to the eventual eventual cup winners. But that's the scary thing about them, though, is that they can get in this mode like they're in right now, and they could do that theoretically. They could. They very, very much could. That, that's part, the weird thing so about this team. My... Even in its state, it's a bad team. I fully agree with you, James. The team is bad. It can still win a Stanley Cup just because of those two guys. Well, well, part of my point is they haven't been able to beat the best teams in the playoffs yet. Even, even that even was their hottest. That. that was the hottest they have been in the playoffs ever, and they still couldn't beat them. Okay, they're that hot, and their goaltender gets hot too. Then they can win the cup. Then they can win. Then, then it there might be go. possible. All right, we got concessions. <laughs> Well, okay, so just because I'm curious, I, I, I'm i curious to see what their last couple of games have been. So, and like, like who they blow out style. They've played in these last seven games Capital Ducks, Golden Knights, Jets, Hurricanes, Wild Devils. That's a couple of really good teams. Good or bad teams. Yeah. The, the only mean, team. The Hurricanes th- dropped off a cliff. Uh, the Ducks uh, have dropped off a cliff. The Wild suck, and the Devils have not been good this year either. Well, the 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 Devils and I'll stick up for the Devils. They have gone through a ridiculous amount of injuries. Uh, yeah, the, but I, the Hurricanes, you're right. Still. They've been kind of rough so far this year. Uh, really, the only team in there that I'm like, eh, is the Ducks. All the other teams that you mentioned, the Capitals, who somehow have been lucky and been winning games, uh, Vegas. They, that that that's not a game you 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 know stick your nose up at. Uh, who else did you mention? Uh, the Devils and the Hurricanes and uh, you may, oh, the Wild. The Wild. The Wild have the been wild playing better the, since they fired uh, their coach. They're so. seventh in the, in, the, in the division still, right? No, they haven't. <laughs> they played seventh in the division of the Pacific, seventh of the Western or the Central, and then they played fifth and sixth of the Metropolitan. That was aggressive, James. Okay, but still, they're doing ridiculous. That's the point. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let, let's let's kind of wrap this up tonight, gentlemen. All right, uh, we have our Who Cares segment for the evening. Uh, this was not my idea. So the, the Who Cares who segment would... is top three plants. You know, the things that plants. grow from the ground. Sometimes not the, they can grow from like the water sometimes. I've seen that. Uh, I'm sure hydroponics, they, they call that. Hydroponics. That is what they call it. James is right. Top three plants. <laughs> Let's start with the guy who loves this idea. Ryan, number one. My number, number one. Oh, number yeah, third. Number third. Number third. Ooh, that was almost scary. Number third. Thank you. Almost well, gave I, up the surprise. We almost yeah, gave was, it up. I was going to get, I was going to say my number three anyways. I wasn't even listening to the number one part, but anyways, uh, Maybe this is just because I'm a Texan, but my number three is a blue bonnet. I love blue bonnets. It's the state. It's the state flower of of Texas, and especially out here, you don't get to see a lot of them, which really makes me very, very sad. And uh, that's one of the things I really look forward to during the springtime is getting to see the blue bonnets and especially the Indian paintbrushes uh, together in a field. It's beautiful. I remember taking pic, uh, blue bonnet pictures with my wife right before uh, we got married. We did our engagement photos in the blue bonnets uh, down there in Wiley in Northeast Dallas. 
So that's my number three, Blue Bombers. Good answer. Big Texan, James, number third. Uh, my number third is a pecan tree. Uh, they they grow to be just massive trees. They have lots big of tree. nostalgia. Big tree, big nostalgia factor too. There's We used to have one in the back of our grandparents' house that we would always play with. And then there also used to be one at the uh, Tatum Elementary School over in Farmersville. And I always, yeah. I always remember going during recess and picking up those pecans and eating them, even though and- they told us not to. And one tornado got both of those trees, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. So both sad. trees out with one tornado. Fantastic. They I were they were Texas. absolutely massive trees. Those were another Texas trees. plant, though. Good job, James. I'm going off brand. We're not going Texas, but we are going back with the flower. We're going with the sunflower. Several key features about this flower. It follows the sun for literally no reason. Didn't have to do that. It's just like, yeah. That sounds like a good idea. Not only does it follow the sun, it looks like the sun at the same time. I mean, how on brand are you going to be, Sunflower? Almost cliche. Almost. Not quite. You want to know what is cliche? They get all cute, and when the sun's gone, they're like, oh, well, look, you look like a sun, other Sunflower. I'll just look at you. Isn't that adorable? Just the cutest. And the final, and maybe the best thing, when they get all big and they've done their whole blooming process, you get the delicious, delectable sunflowers, which is one of the tastiest treats that has ever been invented. So, number third, the sunflower. You know, Chris, I am really excited for your list now. Oh, it's you had a, great a lot list. of it. That's what I was thinking, James. Is like, if he has that much explanation for his number three, I'm expecting what big things. Chris. Number one. Yes, this I is am. a great list. Y'all are going to love it. Oh, right. Okay. Number second. My number second is kind of boring because it's more because of the season, but I really enjoy poinsettias. I love poinsettias, and especially around Christmas. Poinsettias. Did I say that wrong? Poinsettias. Poinsettias. You might actually be saying it right. I don't know, but poinsettias. I love them. They're very beautiful flowers, and uh, flowers technically. They're whatever. This is a plant, okay? We're going it with plants. Plant. It's not a flower. So I'm considering that. it I, as a plant. Okay. You called it a flower. Though, Whatever. So I was just correcting you. <laughs> okay. I thought I was it pooping was a... on your party. Okay. Thanks. I appreciate it, Chris. I thank you so much. If it wasn't your, your wedding on Sunday, I would be a lot meaner to you, but I'm not going to. Oh, so, but sympathy. any, anyways, uh, <laughs> one of the things that uh, I enjoy about these flowers is they actually last a pretty long time. As long as you take care of them and it, I always feel like there's other plants that you could, you know, feed them and water them as much as possible, and they still don't last as long as poinsettias. Poinsettias seem to last forever, for absolute ever. So that's my number two. They're pretty. No explanation I, after that. I think you keep saying that word wrong. James, number second. Uh, my number second is the cocoa tree because you get chocolate from it, and chocolate is the best. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> My number, number second is the Venus flytrap because they're sick. <laughs> that is epic, dude. You just eat flies and you're a plant. That is awesome. I keep watching these little ticky talks of these flies dancing all over the flytraps and they get bodied by them. I mean, what a great time. Right, number first. My number first is actually a plant I've never seen in person, but I have always always wanted to go and see them and my, so my number one plant is the redwood tree good answer. i have never gotten 
I've never gotten to see these things in person, but I have seen so many pictures. Um, the preacher from our church is originally from California, and he, he spent like 20 years there in California, and he talks about them all the time. And it just shows me pictures about just the enormousity of these things. It does. It deserves its own word. Yeah, not and a word. I, I who cares? I don't care. I really, Good really want to go. Now, now tell me if I'm wrong because I, I I sound really stupid, but I think they're in Yosemite National Park. Is that correct? I think they're in Redwood National Park. But but there are some in Yosemite, is what I'm saying. I want to go to Yosemite because of because of other things, but they do have them there, correct? I don't know. Yes, Why are you in Redwood me? National Park. You're not helping. James, me. number first. Uh, okay, my number first. Uh, I, I don't know if you noticed. There's a theme with my list. Uh, it's it's the cilantro plant. Okay, cilantro <laughs> is the best thing ever. You can <laughs> add it to anything and it instantly makes it better. Okay, it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, you can add it to, to guac. You add it salsa. You can add it to corn. You know, whatever you want. And These it seems to all be Mexican foods. It makes everything <laughs> makes everything taste better. Everything. Thank Rip you. Rip to all the soap cilantro people poor guys all, all right. right my number one everyone else is gonna hate this except for you two um it's the cactus but specifically the cactus <laughs> from avatar the last airbender oh my word the one that Sokka drinks and gets high that's the it's cactus the quinchiest. I it's the quinchiest that has ever happened it's very juicy and too. it leads to the spotting of giant friendly mushrooms so that is <laughs> absolutely much. fantastic i want to see a giant friendly <laughs> mushroom why can uh, you just say cactuses in general, Chris? Cactuses? Cacti. Cacti. Cactuses? Uh, I'm pretty sure you say cactuses, but... I'm no, it's not. Cactus. It has to be cacti. Anyway, y'all go look up uh, the cactus from Avatar The Last Airbender. That'll pull up a nice little little video on YouTube for you. Have a, have a good night with that one. There's all sorts of shorts and reels and TikToks about, about that particular scene from Avatar The Last Airbender. So go It'll find it. Ya. Now, completely ran- well, not completely random, but have y'all seen that they're fixing to like release the first season of the Avatar: The Last Airbender on Netflix? Yes, I'm very excited. I am way overhyped for it. Even it's probably gonna suck, but I'm I'm way beyond that. I'm I'm ready for it, it to be fantastic. It shouldn't suck. I mean, they got the original writers on there, so there's at least gonna not be anymore. some continuity didn't they have the original writers for the movie though too? no they got rid of them really no not early. for the movie they did <laughs> what, what movie yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that's a good good point chris <laughs> but uh i think they started off on the on the series and then i, I guess it was too much anymore. for them it took too much time yeah they're not there anymore but so. they were at least there to start off with which gives me some hope I'd like to say I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm not very cautious, which is not going to be good for my heart when I see the episode and it sucks. I am ready to be hurt. I'm ready, ready to be hurt. To be that hurt. is that is my response. I'm ready to be hurt. Okay. Okay, Ryan, I get, I hear you. I hear you. I hear him yelling through his computer. He said Lake Tahoe three times. I'm guessing from uh, from talking about the Redwoods, but either. They way. also have those in Redwood National Park. Okay, Chris, we get it. <laughs> it. It might okay. be a national forest, actually. I might have just ruined my actually, actually, actually. Okay, we're I'm we're get, we're getting off off base here, and we're, we're getting done. tired. Bye. Yep. Okay. Anything else we need to talk about? Nope. No. Okay. 
We will be back with you guys on Friday. Uh, well, Chris might not be. Well, actually, I don't think either one of y'all will be back, will you? Uh-uh. Nope. I will. I'll still be here because I'll still be stuck here because I've I've got a concert on, on the same day as Chris's wedding. Wait, but, this, I'm going to be gone for a while. Y'all aren't going to see me forever. Yeah, th- that's what I was about to I'll say. Be is here. We're not going to see you for a while. Y'all better be blow here. me some kisses. That's all I'm going to no, say. I won't. No. <laughs> You're going to get plenty of kisses from Ellie, Chris. Don't worry about that. You'll be fine. Well, no. Okay. I'm leave. <laughs> yeah. Any... <laughs> he actually left he left (laughs) okay well no he has to come back he has to say gg boys james text him while i'm doing our outro here real quick he's got to he has to come back all right guys anyways uh for those of you that are listening live we had up to like 23 people listening live y'all are insane thank you guys for doing so there's even more that are listening afterwards if you liked anything you heard tonight, this afternoon, this morning, whenever you're listening, please consider leaving us a five-star review anywhere you listen to your podcast episode. We would like to say thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook as I try to stall for time. Uh, and go and use that promo code THPN the next time that you go and use their services as you get a special little goodie from them. And as always, we appreciate them for being the sponsor of our episode. Uh, Along with Chris and along with James, my name is Ryan, and (laughs) we will catch you guys on the flip side. We hope you guys have a good, fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, whatever you guys are listening. Chris did return. Take us out, Chris. GG, boys. (laughs) Bye, guys. Everyone say bye to Chris. You won't see him for a while. Chris, we love you, bud. We're really excited for you, and we're looking forward to uh, many years of happiness for you and for Ellie. We'll see all of you guys else later.